Welcome back to another episode of The Spanglish Show. I am your host, Mafe, and on this podcast, we talk about the trials, tribulations, and moments of joy of being an immigrant and having to live your life in two or more languages. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I am back. I have missed you, um, but honestly, my life has been like all sorts of crazy. Um, I know I promised you a review on Venezuela, but basically the last my last week in Venezuela, I was just running errands and I had to work. And also the internet is not, um, the internet speed over there is not the greatest. So like, honestly, like it took me. So I, I recorded like two episodes there, the Feli episode and the Katie episode. And it took forever. Like the episodes like took forever to upload. Um, so honestly, like I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy my time with my family And then when I was going to start um, recording again, I got back home to Vancouver and um, I got COVID. <laughs> so I guess it was like my vacation after the vacation because um, it took me out. Like I came back and it took me out for like a week or so. So I was basically out of the online world for a month. And then... After that, um, it was Christmas and the New Year's and obviously like no one ever listens to podcasts over the holidays. And also I was just taking time to share with my friends and just like getting back into my routine and just like spending time with Abby, my dog, because, you know, she's amazing and I miss her like so, so much. Honestly, being an adult is like so freaking exhausting. Like you have to show up in like so many ways for so many things. And obviously, like I added a podcast on top of that. Like, how are we able to do life? Like, how do we have enough hours to do life? <laughs> But anyway, um, in today's episode, I will give you a very detailed review about my time in Venezuela. Um, as you can probably read from the title of the episode, I will give you the great, the good, the bad and the really ugly. Um, but... Before I get into all of that, you already know the drill. Please remember to share this episode with your friends, your family, and basically everyone that you know that you think would enjoy this episode because this is how more people can find us and how I can keep giving more interesting episodes to you guys. Um, and also what keeps me motivated to um, put out more episodes every week. Um, other ways that you can support this podcast is by following us if you're listening on Spotify and good news, uh, Spotify finally listened to all the podcasters and now you can rate podcasts on Spotify. So make sure that you're giving it five stars to the Spanglish show so that we can rank higher and all of the charts and so that more people can find us. And if you're listening on Apple, make sure that you rate the podcast and leave a review, um, telling me that you what you enjoy the most about this podcast honestly like reviews are so important and you would make me the happiest girl in the world if you uh, were to leave a review so now that that is all out of the way let's get started um so honestly like i want to end the episode on a high note so i'm gonna start with the ugly so if you don't know venezuela has a very weird political situation and I say weird to put it lightly because Venezuelans definitely don't like to talk about it. Like, it's such a triggering topic. And the thing about it is that everyone has, like, a different view. And it's, like, very, like, polarized views. So just um, basically it's an ongoing, like, socioeconomic and political crisis that basically began during the presidency of um, Hugo Chavez and has obviously worsened now that Nicolas Maduro is the president. So basically the situation has been marked by hyperinflation, escalating starvation, disease, 
crime and mortality rates, and it has resulted in massive emigration from, from the country. So I was doing a little bit of research for the episode, and according to the UN, so 94%, 94% of Venezuelans live in poverty. Like, 94%. Like, there's no middle class. <laughs> so if you, like, if you take that, uh, 94% of those people, like, live in poverty, there's only, like, 1%. I don't, and I don't even think it's like 1%. It's like probably less than 1%. Live, like they're super rich and the other, um, the other people are just like, quote unquote, like middle class. And then 20% have left their country. I'm obviously part of that 20%. And the ugly part of it is that this created like two Venezuela. So obviously like if they're 95%, 94% of the people are living in poverty and the other people are living like their regular lives. This is, um, yeah, this is just created like two Venezuelas. So the first one is the premium one. <laughs> um, and I say premium just because I saw this on a TikTok um, that someone posted while I was there. And I thought that it was like very, very, um, very fitting, <laughs> which is basically the one, the premium Venezuela is the one that you want to live in if you live there and the one that you'll probably experience if you're going as a tourist. And there's obviously like the poor Venezuela. So the ugly thing about this is that the contrast in these two Venezuelas is so incredibly marked that it's super sad. So I am from Caracas, which is the capital, and I had not been back since I moved to Vancouver. So when I was living there, the contrast of like these two Venezuelas was not as bad. There was still like somewhat of a middle class. But now I feel like there's only like the ultra rich and then the poor. And there, there's a few like quote unquote like regular people. <laughs> and to think that's what Chavez was fighting against. So funny story about this. I was um, in a restaurant slash, slash club. Um, I don't really know what to call it. I guess you can call that place a club. And I met a plastic surgeon, and we got to chat a little bit. Um, well, he was, like, hitting on my aunt, so. <laughs> so, like, anyways, like, we got to chat a little bit. He made a comment. Um, we were obviously, like, partaking on the premium Venezuela at this point, and then he goes and makes this comment. Like, this is the best country in the world, and there's no better quality of life than here. To which I obviously reply. So I was like, you think? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, of course, like, where else can you have fun like this? And where else can you, like, basically party like this? This comment, like, triggered me a little bit. Like, we, again, like, we were in a restaurant, like, club, slash club. So, of course, like, I didn't make any more comments. Like, I just left it as it is. Because, like, who's going to get into an argument in the middle of the night? And also, like, while you have been drinking. Um, but it left me thinking, like, this is where you can see, like, how marked the contrast is. Like, this guy is probably making over $200,000 a year and that's probably if he's like a shit surgeon they probably make way more than that and he's living in a place where food is incredibly cheap compared to north american standards people are still very very nice but things like don't work properly streets are a mess going out after a certain time is like still somewhat dangerous but for him it's just the best place in the world just because he can party excuse me sir like have you travel and Honestly, like, what does quality of life mean for someone like you? Again, I guess this is all about perspective, but I don't know, like, that that was a very triggering comment for me because, of course, like, if it were if it were up to me, like, I would probably be still living there and just making my life there because my family is there. And, like, it, it is an amazing country. And, 
honestly, like the weather is summer all year round, right? So like, trust me, you don't want to leave summer all year round to come here to freaking Vancouver where it's like snowing <laughs> and it's minus 10 in a week. Um, you know, like you, you don't want to, you don't really want to trade that. But I guess like it's up to like anyone. Um, so going back to the ugly. <laughs> so apparently in like 2018, 2019, the situation was like even worse. Like the contrast was like even more marked. Marked, my aunt was telling me that you could see people on the streets just either rummaging through the garbage to eat or just waiting outside restaurants that they that they could take the food scraps home. And that, and that sometimes like people had money to buy things, but there was basically nothing available. That has gotten a little bit better because now people have access to U.S. dollars, which is incredibly weird since the whole government is supposedly against anything that has to do with the states. Again, very weird country. Very weird country. <laughs> also, like, where the fuck are those U.S. dollars coming from? Because it definitely isn't because international tourism has increased. Because if you're not a Venezuelan citizen or part of the countries that are allowed in, you basically have to get a visa to be able to visit. And I've read that it is one of the most difficult visas to get. And I get it. Like, it's probably because the the government entities, like, don't really work. <laughs> anyway, that takes me to the bad. Um, and just a little disclaimer, I was only in Caracas and Los Roques. So I'm only going to be referring to these two places. And honestly... Caracas is the only place that matters in Venezuela. <laughs> I know that my friends from Mar Maracaibo and like other parts of Venezuela are rolling their eyes right now. But it's really funny because we have a saying that goes Caracas es Caracas y lo demás es Monte Culebra. Which when you directly translate it is Caracas es Caracas and the rest is just mountains and snakes. <laughs> So, I don't know, take it as you will, um, interpret it as however you like. Um, I still think that Caracas is the best city in the, in the, in the country. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you ever go, I'll let you be the judge of that. Anyways, <laughs> back to the bad. So, I was there for a month, which out of that month, I spent two and a half weeks in full vacation mode. Um, and the other week and a half, I was spent... Uh, working and basically just like running errands because I had not been back in seven and a half years and you know like I needed to take care of like a couple of things um, but when it comes to doing anything related to the government things are still pretty bad you have to basically bribe everyone and their mother to be able to do things in a normal amount of time because if you don't pay them then they are the ones that decide how long it would take you to do your whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like I, we were doing, what is it? Um, we were basically doing things for an apartment that we have over there. And also like, I have a little bit of story for you. So like my passport was supposed to expire on March this year, 2022. And I honestly like didn't have plans to renew it because I'm in the process of applying for my Canadian citizenship at this moment but honestly like I was there it was only a hundred dollars and it was supposed to be fast <laughs> so I basically applied for a passport extension and the day after I got there and it took them a whole month to process that like what the fuck like one month just to give you a freaking sticker that you're gonna put on your passport that says oh like actually your passport doesn't expire in March 2022 it now expires in I don't know in five years, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember how long it is. Um, 
so yeah and not only that like the premises of like every government entity are literally destroyed not inside the actual offices per se but like around i went to two different saime offices and saime is the government institution that's in charge of civil registry services and they were both both disgusting So granted, they were in parts of the city that are not so pretty, but still, like you would think that because they are government entities that steals a too stupid amount of money, they would have the surrounding of their offices in better conditions or that they would try a little bit harder. <laughs> but no, um, in some of the places that I went to, the ceilings were basically falling off. The windows were broken. Obviously, AC like it's not a thing. Um, so I was basically hot the whole time um because now i'm used to vancouver weather apparently um the staff like they treat you like shit uh as if they were doing you a favor they're always 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 like super like they're not in the best mood and you can see that and i guess it's because like they don't get paid enough so it's like they're there because they have to be there because they have like nowhere else to go and they just like need a job to like survive but obviously you can see that people are not happy um Also, like that, like there's a dress code for you, like to be able to go through their offices. Like if you're wearing shorts, you cannot go in. If you're wearing a dress, you cannot go in. If you're wearing a t-shirt, like a tank top, you cannot go in. Like what? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? Like that to me is like baffling. But anyway, um, also, you're only allowed to go to the offices according to your last the last number on your ID card, which is stupid. Like. Why can't people just make appointments like in a normal country? Well, I guess you can make appointments for certain things like your passport. But if you like if you're going to get a new ID card, um, it's like, no, you have to wait until a certain day because that's how we decided to make things more inefficient and annoying for everyone. There you go. The government of Venezuela. <laughs> um, and when it comes to infrastructure, as I was saying before, um, everything's like pretty much destroyed. It almost feels like Venezuela or Caracas in general. It's just stuck in time because like no one has really taken the time to maintain the buildings or the streets or, or anything really. Um, but again, like it also depends on the municipality that you're in. So it's again, like it's very weird. There are so many like old buildings that look exactly the same the way, like exactly the same way they did in 2014, which is when I left. Um, but also there are so many new places where you can shop and there are so many like new buildings. And I don't know, it's like it's a very, very confusing country. Because, well, I'm, I'm going to talk about it in, in a little bit. So this brings me to the good. <laughs> um... So again, like there are so many new places and the good thing about that is that you can now find literally everything that you desired. There are these places called bodegones, which are basically supermarkets where you can find imported goods. Um, and it's crazy the amount of money that this there still is in the country. But it's insane that people don't think to put it to better use or to just like improve the country. Like if the government's not improving it for you, like then why? Well, I guess like then why are you going to take the the time to improve it yourself like i was so mad like every time that i went out because like that country has like so much potential for tourism and just to be like an amazing place but again like very confusing country very confusing situation um another good thing is that people now have access to us dollars <laughs> which apparently makes life easier because again you can find basic things and imported things and then you can live your life Um, for me, like, obviously, like, it worked out great because going out over there was 
incredibly inexpensive for me. Like, for example, if we went out to dinner and I wanted to pay dinner for four people, including appies, mains, and drinks, obviously like this, depending on where you go, was about, like, it would range from $50 to $70, like US dollars, for four people. Like, that's how much it would cost you here to go out to a regular restaurant by yourself. <laughs> again, like, also, there, like, there's a contrast in prices because, again, depending on where you go, like, pr prices are different. And depending on who you are, like, they would charge you, like, different things. Like, if if you were to look at, um, I don't know, like, there's some places that are targeted to the ultra-rich um, and others, obviously, to the poor. So if you were going to play, if you if you were going to go to a place for the ultra rich, you probably pay as much, maybe a little bit less than here. So for my family, um, fifty to seventy dollars was a lot of money because for them it's not as easy to make this fifty to seventy dollars, because minimum wage is on average four dollars a month. Um, so you can imagine like spending fifty to seventy dollars in a meal would be a lot of money. Um, anyway, another good thing is that there are so many new places, and I think I already mentioned this, which most people told me that was because they're laundering money. Shocking. <laughs> Where the vibe is, like, so cool, and the food and drinks are just amazing. I feel that they're trying really hard to make it better, but, like, not really, and then the government just makes it super difficult. Again, very confusing. Everything's super confusing. Something else that I noticed that can be cat categorized as good is that the crime rate has decreased a little bit. But I think it's because of all the horrible people have left to other countries because there was no one else to rob there anymore. <laughs> um, I would say that it's still pretty unsafe. So definitely don't travel unless you're going with either a tourism agency or with a local. Um, but it's not as unsafe as it used to be. Or at least that was my impression, like, Thankfully, like nothing happened to me um, or to my family while I was there. And, you know, like we were going out in Venezuela and just like we travel a little bit. So another good thing that I noticed is that local tourism has increased a lot um, to the place that we went. Obviously, like people over there like going out. I don't know where they're where they're making money to go out but they are going out and they're just like spending the money that they have in there and granted it's because it's so incredibly expensive for them to travel internationally that people are just forced to go on vacation there but obviously in the end I think it's a good thing because there are so many amazing places to see like not only in Caracas but also like in Venezuela in general it's such a rich country such a beautiful country and you have like everything you have beach you have mountains you have snow you have there's literally like every single ecosystem in the planet you can find it in there and the weather is amazing like again like this country has like so much potential and i truly believe that on the right hands it would be an even more amazing country than it already is but i guess it's not going to happen or at least it's not going to happen anytime soon because of the government but Now that I'm talking about local tourism, um, let's move on to what was great. <laughs> If you know me, you probably know that the beach is my happy place. Um, I grew up going to the beach camping and just living my life in the beach. Also in my early 20s when I was living there, um, one of the things we would do is go to the beach. And we would go to the beach at least once a month. At least. So we would go to the beach like very often. 
<clears throat> and while I was living there, one of the places that I really wanted to visit the most was Los Roques. But honestly, like it has never been a super affordable destination. I was in my early 20s. I was basically, I didn't have any money of my own. Um, and I wasn't really able to visit it. Um, and now I was able to and I'm and I'm really happy I did. But what the fuck is Los Roques and why does everyone want to go there? Um, if you haven't seen my Instagram, um, you're definitely missing out. I posted a lot of stories while I was there. But basically, Los Roques was declared a national 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 park. <laughs> and it consists of basically 350 islands and keys. And it is known for its pristine water and coral reefs. The white sand and turquoise water beaches is what attracts the tourists from all over the world. Apparently, when Venezuela was the beautiful Venezuela that we remember like from years and years ago, um, there was a lot of people like there's a lot of people that would come just to go to Los Roques. Like there is a lot of Italians that own inns in Los Roques. And like there's the, honestly like there's a lot of people there. Um, But obviously right now, international tourism is not really a thing anymore, but Again, like there's a lot of national tourism happening right now, which is great, but also not great. <laughs> um, I don't know how many times I will say this, but Los Roques is fucking amazing. It was literally everything I needed and more. And I feel that everyone should go. If you have the opportunity to go, please don't pass it. Definitely go to Los Roques and just enjoy your life. Um, because it's a protected area, development and tourism are regulated, so there's not a lot of development happening. <clears throat> and the resources are scarce. Also, electricity and communication are a pain in the ass, but it's just because it's such a remote place that it's really hard for people to get there. Um, and it's just like, it's just a very, like, the, the main island is, like, very, very small. Like, there are no cars or anything. Um, just walk everywhere because there's basically, like, only two streets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like most of the inns have their own like power plan because again, like the government electricity plan is like so unreliable and again, like this is because like it's such a remote place and like such a, such a virgin place. So I, for example, didn't have any, any internet the three days that we were there because there was no electricity and the Wi-Fi in our inn wasn't working. But funny story about this, like they don't actually have like you know, like, the regular, like, internet modems, like, they just have hotspots. It's very weird. <laughs> Honestly, like, I didn't care that much about that because I all I wanted to do was disconnect from the world. And, like, if you go there, like, that's what you want to do. Like, do not go there and think you're going to work because, like, you're definitely not, like, the it, like the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Um, nothing, like, nothing communication-wise, like, really works. So the people that live on the big island, which is called El Gran Roque, which is where the airport is, they either work in tourism or they work as fishermen, sometimes both. So the good thing about this is that we like the only thing we ate during those three days was fish. And I was a happy girl because honestly, like it's one of my favorite things to eat. I don't really eat chicken or beef or anything like. But I don't consider myself a pescatarian because I like I obviously eat other things. So I consider myself more of a flexitarian. Like I eat everything. But my favorite thing to eat is definitely fish and seafood and anything that comes from the sea. <laughs> um, 
So another great thing um, is the amount of people that truly believes that Venezuela can get better and they're still betting on the country. So there are so many new places and new companies that Venezuelans have started and one of them deserves uh, a special shout out and it is Soco Adventures. So Soco Adventures is the agency that we decided to hire to plan our Los Roques trip and I feel that they went above and beyond to make sure that everything was great for our trip. All I had to do was literally just pay and show up at the airport and they took care of everything else. Like they even gave us um, some some dry fit um, shirts. It was very nice. The staff is amazing. The girl that I was talking to the whole time was amazing. She answered all of my questions and super fast. Uh, they have different packages for different budgets, so they basically personalize your experience, and the best thing is that they guarantee safety and comfort, and I cannot recommend them enough. Like, seriously, wherever it is that you want to go in Venezuela, reach out to them and make sure that they give you, like, a super personalized, like, itinerary. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. So safety is a big thing in Venezuela, so again, like they guarantee safety, which is like very hard. Um, so when I go back, I will definitely be booking all my trips with them. You can totally save money if you do it on your own. But honestly, like I didn't want to take the risk. And I also didn't want to have to like figure anything out. So like I didn't really have to figure anything out. Like I just paid the money and everything was included. Everything. So another thing that's great and amazing <laughs> is the food. I don't think I've ever traveled anywhere where the food is so good. Um, before I left to Caracas, I made a list of all the things that I wanted to eat and try while I was there. And I'm happy to report that all the food was had. <laughs> I was truly living my best foodie life. And I have a few extra pounds to prove it. But in contrast to that, because like, I guess like Venezuela is the, the, the country of contrast, <laughs> is that the service was so awful everywhere well no not everywhere i'm lying los roques like the service was great um the people in the inn were just amazing the people in town were amazing so everything that we did in los roques was like actually like amazing like i have no 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 complaints about that the service like when it comes to like restaurant service i obviously have a little bit of higher standards because i've been working in the restaurant industry since basically since i moved here so like I have been spoiled when it comes to service. Um, so yeah, the service wasn't great. We ended up leaving a restaurant one time because I just I just couldn't deal with it. Like I couldn't deal with it anymore and I hated everything. Um, but anyways, if you can't look past the service and everything, just be like you're gonna have an amazing amazing food and an amazing experience like if you're there with your family or like with people that you just want to enjoy um it literally has everything like every single food that you can dream of or think of like from arepas which is like our our typical dish to authentic italian spanish portuguese cuisine like everything future fusion restaurants are all over and the food is like super fresh and all with natural ingredients it's just amazing amazing and real avocados <laughs> it's just so good it's just so good so i visited a couple of places that um that I really wanted to go. So I'm going to leave a list of the places that I visited and all the resources in the show notes. So be sure to check those out and check out the, the restaurants, um, the restaurants that I visited and yeah. And 
Pictures de Gustavo, so decide if you wanna if you want to 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 visit Venezuela. <laughs> um, before I started recording this episode, I posted a question sticker on Instagram, basically saying that if you have any questions about my trip, and if you're not following me, what are you doing? Go to Admafe Salazar and follow me. Hopefully, I have answered most of the questions um, in the episode. But one of my friends asked me, "Is it really better? And how much is the gram of weed?" <laughs> So, to answer your question, sadly, I didn't get to smoke any weed because first I knew it wasn't going to be as good as BC weed. Um, I guess, like, we are, like, we over here, like, are very, very spoiled because um, weed is, like, legal and you can find it basically everywhere and it's, like, really, it's really, really good quality. Um, and second, I was with my family and third, I decided to do, like, a little alcohol and weed um, detox that ended up lasting two months instead of one because of COVID. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I don't have an answer for that, <laughs> but I'm sure, um, I'm sure you can find an answer for that somewhere. <laughs> Apparently you can find like really good weed, um, as long as you have US dollars, cash, whatever. And the other part of the question, is it really better? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> I guess, like, some things are better um, because, again, like, now people have access to U.S. dollar and you can find things. But also everything is worse for the poor people. It's, like, because it's so expensive and not affordable. I guess, like, crime rate has gone down, but it's because they have also immigrated somewhere. So, honestly, like, I really don't know how to properly answer that question. Like, some things are better. Other things are just the same, which is not great, obviously. Um, would I recommend you to go 100,000% yes. Yes, if you have the opportunity to go and visit, go. Go, eat your heart out, travel around the country, drink as if, as, if, as, if, as if there was no tomorrow, and let me know that you're going so that I can go with you. <laughs> Honestly, like the trip from here. Um, oh, one of, the, one of the things that I didn't mention um, on, I guess, like the... I guess it's not really bad because, like, the trip from here is very, very long. Very long. Like, I... So, first of all, you have to figure out... You have to figure out where to travel to. What I, what I mean by this is that there's no... Obviously, that there's no direct flight. Like, there's no Vancouver to Caracas direct flight. That's not a thing. Um, so, first of all, you have to check which city is the closest one to you so that you can travel there. And there's only, I think, like four airports in the world or like four airports that you can travel to um, Venezuela from. So like one of them is Cancun, which is where I travel to, um, where I travel from. Um, Cancun, Dominican Republic. Uh, what's the other one? Turkey in Europe. And there's another one. Um, I don't remember, but like those were like the... Those are like the major ones. So first you have to like check which city is closest to you and then buy the ticket to there. Or like, I guess like first you have to decide which airline you're going to travel to. Um, you're going to travel with to Venezuela. And I don't know, like the, the whole process of like buying a ticket is like complicated. So I get it. Like why would people, why would that like dissuade people from going? But honestly, like it's so worth it. It's so worth it. You're not going to regret it if you end up going. 
like it's so worth it but anyway to like continue that thought um i traveled from vancouver to cancun because there was a direct flight from vancouver to cancun i stayed one day in cancun and then travel from from cancun to caracas one thing that is really important and that they tell you when you're booking well i guess when you're yeah i guess when you're booking your trip is that you have to be at the airport four hours four hours before your before your plane leaves like i made the mistake of not being um four hours before like when i was coming back and i almost uh i almost missed my plane to cancun which was gonna be like very it wasn't gonna be great <laughs> because um had i missed that flight um i would not have been able to leave for another week or like i don't know for how long and i was not i was I was not, I was not going to do that. When I almost missed my flight, it's when I really realized that the service was like shit and people like don't really care and they're just there because they have to be there. I guess they have no other option to like go anywhere else and like they, they treat me like pretty badly, like the airline people. Thankfully, the airline that I travel with was on time and like nothing crazy happened because I've like, I've heard like horror stories from like other airlines. Um, so I'm going to leave their link and everything in the show notes again. And yeah, again, like you can check it out if you want and you can go. And I said I wanted to end on, on a high note, <laughs> but I didn't. But no, anyways, like, please, please go. Um, if you have the chance to go, don't, do not pass the opportunity. Just go visit. Have the most amazing time. Do not go to Caracas to run errands or to work. Um, the internet speed is shit, um, but the views are amazing. The weather is amazing. The food is definitely amazing. Um, so yeah, I would recommend you go. <laughs> and I think that's it for me. And again, if you like this episode, make sure that you're rating the podcast either on Apple or Spotify. And if you want to make me extra happy, leave a review. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode and that you're wanting to go and visit Venezuela because I definitely want to come back. Um, so have a happy day and I will see you next time. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for deciding to spend your time with me. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with your friends, family, and everyone you know, so that we can continue the conversation and we can continue growing as a podcast. All the links, resources, and everything mentioned in the episode is linked in the show notes. So be sure to check those out until next time.